Hello, everyone, and we welcome you to the 47th episode of the No Shot Clock podcast, where Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and myself, Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report, will be talking high school basketball for the next mm, 45 minutes or so. Uh, and Mike, we have a lot to get into with a heavy focus today on, on some of our area's conferences on how they compare and shape up. Yeah, this show is loaded. I'm going to warn everybody, I did a little bit more preparation than normal, so <laughs> I'm ready to go. I don't know why I had a little burst of energy after the weekend. And a lot of questions this week. <laughs> Tons of questions. Yeah, I got a big stack of questions here. We're going to do that first. Then Joe and I will give our two takes. We've been really good about making that regular so far this season. Then we're going to go into the conference thing. We're talk about the best conferences. We're going to give our list of the top five most underrated, most exciting races, some that are better than we thought. Some that are looking a little worse than we thought. And then a preview of the upcoming week. So let's get right to it. Let's hit these questions. First one up, Patrick Devitt, guy I interact with a lot on Twitter. He says, uh, first, everyone knows the strength of the Chicago Public League, the East Suburban Catholic, the Chicago Catholic League, and the West Suburban Conference. Those conferences, just to name a few, are usually regarded as the better conferences in the area. My question is, what are some of the more underrated conferences in the Chicagoland area? Patrick, that's what inspired this episode's format. <laughs> so yeah. thank you for that. And we'll hit that question when we get to the conference uh, section. But uh, anyway, we're always looking for kind of a new way to do this. So that was very helpful, Patrick. We'll go into your second question. Second, let's say you are allowed to create your own eight-team holiday tournament. Just eight for the sake of time. What schools would you choose and why? Do you look for the teams with an individual superstar or the teams that are the most balanced? Joe, did you come up with your eight? Well, I, I, I prefer 16, but uh, I, I'm answering a little bit different, Mike. I'm answering it not specific teams. And I don't know if this is what you were going with or what he was looking for, but what I want in my field of teams. And not to continue to – I know, Mike, you are as well as I am huge fans of how Pontiac does it. But I, I love what Pontiac does because it brings together a blend of usually – high-profile player, a different geographical areas. I hate seeing the same type of matchups over and over again, even the potential of seeing them. You usually get all different types of matchups you wouldn't normally get at a Pontiac Holiday Tournament. So in my 18 field, I'm looking for, yes, I like to have a little star power, but I also like to have different geographical representation. And... I mean everything from the suburbs to to the city to central Illinois to uh, a private school to a public school. I love a mixture of it all in an eight-team tournament. Again, I love I love sixteen teams. It's perfect, um, and, and that's kind of what I the, the direction I went with the answer to this question, as opposed to eight specific teams. All right. Well, I lo- I really enjoyed this question. <laughs> Actually, I maybe spent a little too much time thinking about it. Um, Ideally, what I would like is, I just wanted my favorite. You know, he asked what I wanted. I would have the same teams every year. Um, I would probably, and I, I think about gyms, I think about everything. I would go with, my eight teams would be East Aurora, West Aurora, Joliet West, Joliet Central, Larkin, Elgin, Waukegan, and Thornton. Um, all from old towns, all with old gyms, all great basketball schools. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, has a nice mix around the area. However, my second kind of taking it a step further was, um, wait a minute, hold on. You had the two East Aurora, the two Auroras, the two Joliets, the two Elgins. Yep. And then Waukegan and Thornton. I don't think I'm in, I don't think I'm going to go to spend much time at your tournament. Well, you're going to be missing out then. You can't, you can't base it on like what they are this year. I mean, think of the players that have been at that tournament over the last few years. I mean, tons of players of the year, blah, blah, blah. It'd be great. But what I would prefer is if you took it and they had to get a bid. So you started out with the best team from Aurora came every year, the best team from Joliet, the best team from Elgin, either Waukegan or North Chicago, the best of the Thorns, the best team from Champaign area, and then the best team from the Peoria-Bloomington area. That would be my eight. That's funky. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Um, 
Anyway, oh. that, that, that's my <laughs> team. Uh, I, I like big old public schools from Illinois towns. I think that's super fun. I'm not so much into the uh, CPS or the private school mix. They just, to me, they just don't have the identities of the the town. I, I like when a like a central Illinois team gets to face a a public league. Oh yeah, that can definitely be fun. Um, all right, wait, wait. I already lost my question. I had a big sheet with all that stuff on it. Um, but I guess, so yeah, I'm not so much into the individual superstar. I would like teams that are more balanced, to answer the question, more from a geographic representation, whether it's from around our area or around the state. Yeah, don't you like those, like the when Plainfield North, who'd they take out? Oh, they, yeah. Jeremy um, Richmond? They yeah. take out Waukegan, Yeah, they got Jeremy Richmond. Reggie Lemon. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. That kind of stuff. That's what I love at Christmas. Yeah, that's great, yeah. Um, no, oh, next. Uh, finally, what small school players, not from Chicagoland, are on your radar besides Taylor Brunin- Bruninga from Illini Bluffs, Noah Frederking from Okawaville, and my guy Justin Fox of Dwight? Okawaville, uh, come on, man. Okawaville, yeah, I don't have any idea. I don't know where it is or how to say it. Sorry. <laughs> it's a downstate high school basketball hotbed, Mike. I'm missing out. On, I don't even know a Frederick. Anybody? Uh, no one else is on my radar. Uh, Noah Frederickring is going to Evansville. Oh really? Um, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, specifically downstate. Well, he's just not from Chicagoland. Uh, so just not from Chicagoland. I mean, I mean, there's a number of kids around us. I mean, <clears throat> but I don't know if he's looking specifically for Division One kids. But Brandon McCombs from Jacksonville. Who's actually going to Division Two Lewis University? Uh, so he's a six-seven, four-man, pretty good, solid small school guy. Um, Travion Buchanan, Trey Buchanan, who put up huge numbers as a junior at East Moline United, led them to a super sectional. He's back for his senior year, six-one combo guard, headed to North Dakota, and a really good underrated player. His name is Justin Carpenter out of Mount Carmel down south uh he's going to um southeast missouri state six seven four man or some of the you know some of the better outside of the chicago area players uh that are that are you know college bound at some level next up chris sullivan who i think it might be a first time podcast uh question asker he says my name is chris sullivan and i live in downers grove the season is kind of young but do you have a sleeper team in 3a or 4a that can make it to peoria Who's your sleeper? Boy, yeah, you know, I had not, you know, I haven't seen a team yet that I, that we didn't think was going to be really good that I was like, oh, these guys can really roll. Um, so yeah, that's a tough one for me. Um, well, you, you, you gotta find also, I try and answer this question, a team that has a, a sneaky, easy route that they can get advanced and yeah maybe I look, maybe look, fremd i look at those upstate eight teams yeah, yeah i mean that, that that yeah i wouldn't be surprised know, i guess fremd has a chance fremd has a chance for sure um boy in in 3a i mean it's just the problem with 3a mike is just as we always see it it's so top heavy in those sectionals the the favorites a lot of times get through, and I mean I know Fenwick was everybody's three A pick last year, and St. Joe's beat them. But I mean, as an example, do you see anybody beating Fenwick or North Lawndale in that sectional? I mean, it, you're going to have to have somebody to rise up. Um, and I I like you said, I haven't seen a team that oh okay that team is Peoria bound or potentially there. Yeah, friend I, is a good one though. I, I think um, yeah, Farragut could beat uh, North Lawndale. They could host it even, so yeah, that could happen. Um, I don't know about Fenwick, but that seems like a tougher ask. Uh, yeah, that's a. I guess we're, it's a little early for that one, I think, Chris. I think I haven't seen enough teams yet. I think I've seen like thirty, but not. I haven't found my sleeper yet. I think I'm going to talk about Fremd in my take, but that'd be the closest I've got so far. Uh, next up, Steve Johnson. What do you think about conferences that play each team only once? The East Suburban Catholic, for example. It doesn't seem to mean as much or create the rivalries that can make high school basketball so much fun. Yeah, I kind of agree with that a little. I mean, I, I don't like it. Uh, some conferences are just stuck with that because of the number. You know, I, 
on the other token, I don't like seeing, and I know a lot of schools that play in the type, you know, a huge conference that plays everybody twice and they can't schedule a non-conference game. That, yeah. that sucks too. And then the uh, Southwest yeah, Prairie has Southwest Prairie, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got, what, nine? Wait, one, two, three, four, Ten, five, I think, six, now. Yeah, about nine teams. So that's 18 conference games if you play everybody twice. That's awful. Uh, that that makes a very mundane, boring schedule. But um, I don't know if it impacts the rivalries. I, I mean, there's not very many that do it. Also, but yeah, I think uh, the, the rivalries we've had a lot of conference turnover in the last few years, and that's not helping anything either. Uh, at, at this point, especially you know, the south suburbs, ever since this, it feels like they still haven't found their groove since the Sika fell apart. You know, there's all these new things. I mean, the south land, the south suburban red, all that stuff. Now we've seen some north suburban changes just recently, so yeah, it's been kind of weird, but I, yeah, ideally, I mean, you have what six, seven teams. Do you like the crossover championship game? No. I don't either. I don't see the point. By then, all anybody's thinking about is the playoffs. Right. And you just, you won your side, your league, your division, your conference, whatever. Why? Yeah. yeah. And it's almost always a team you're going to see in your sectional. And so uh, that, so and that I don't like conference, any conference weird. tournament, I don't like. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, other than the public league playoffs. Not great. Um, next up, Joe Cermak. Gentlemen. Number one, any hope for a McDonald's All-American in the state this year? Mm. I mean, Tillman is the only shot simply because of his ranking. I'm going to make the prediction that there is no Illinois McDonald's All-American this year, uh, which is going to be, well, I've written about this in the past, kind of how sad it's become. I mean, not that. That's the be-all, end-all McDonald's All-Americans. But we, we, comparatively speaking, this is a the worst high-profile rut the state of Illinois has ever been in. And that's just, you know, historically speaking. And I'm predicting that there's not one, though, Jeremiah Tillman. I mean, he didn't play all summer. So that, you know, people that aren't familiar with McDonald's All-American selections, these, these it's very, very political. And it's also done more so of how they've done leading up to their senior year than what they're actually doing in their senior year. Then you throw in the fact that Tillman's probably not putting up astronomical numbers. Yeah. I'm going to say that he's not going to be a McDonald's All-American, even though there is a, a, a I give it a 30% chance. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it should be Jordan Goodwin. If he was going to Illinois and had played at Simeon and been at State with them for all those years. Yeah, hi. I mean, he's got well, a huge body of work. If he was going to Illinois, it would, it, I don't think that matters. Well, slew doesn't help. No, but it, it, you got, it, it, Mike, if you're not ranked, if you're not a consensus top 50 player, forget about it. And usually it's, if you're not a consensus, I mean, usually 20 of the top 30 are going to McDonald's All-American game, and then they filter in a few more outside of that. Um, and again, it's just the stories I've heard from, on the, from the political standpoint of it all, oh, it's, 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 ugh. but oh, yeah, I'm going to say no. no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. It won't be, but it, I mean, you you have to politic those guys too. And the Belleville Altoff coach isn't calling any, uh, scout and rivals people. He won't even call back anybody here. So I, I think Jordan Goodwin would have a much higher national ranking if he was with other people. AAU program. I, I, I disagree with the, the ranking, but just because he's seen, by the you know playing with the St. Louis Eagles, I mean he is on the prime NYEYBL. I mean I, that, that that ranking is not going to be affected by. I mean, I don't think so. But I, and I don't think he's McDonald's All American, so I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, next up, any non seniors in position to make the McDonald's All American game in coming years? Io Dasunmu uh, to me is the clear projected McDonald's All-American as long as his profile stays where it's at and it continues to you know, even move forward. He's pretty much a consensus top 30 prospect right now in Illinois. And um, other than you know Francis Okoro down in Normal, Normal West, um, 
you know, he's on the on the bubble of that that ranking of where you need to be. Six six foot ten sophomore. You know, and you know, get beyond that, it gets a little too young. But I don't I think Io is the best chance and really only chance in twenty eighteen. Gosh, it's the middle of December. We're heading into holiday tournament. Who cares about McDonald's All Americans? <laughs> I was just thinking about having to cover that game and how much I hate it, and I wish it would leave Ugh. Chicago. But I am such an All Star <laughs> game hater. And it's just a horrible week for. It's my least favorite week of the year. I have to deal with all that. Ugh. Anyway. Football state championships? No, I'll, I'd rather do that. McDonald's All right. American is the worst. I agree. Uh, next up from a CPS guy. My question is about the Red West. What makes the Red West the best conference in the state? Is the parity between the teams? Most of the teams play the same style, and they all pretty much play more than eight guys. Does this hurt most of the teams come state tourney time? Well, I mean, we're talking just this year, which we'll get. We, we Mike and I both agree that the Red West is the best right now. And, and, and it's fluid. I mean, we'll see. I mean, what happens, but... Right now, there's four teams that are ranked in your top 25 from the Red West. Uh, they had a big weekend this past weekend. I mean, with some big non-conference wins. And I think, you know, I know Westinghouse, they did get drilled by somebody recently, uh, yesterday. Who did they get drilled by? I can't remember. But Uplift, yeah. Yes, but, you know, within that league, they, they played, you know, North Lawndale, tough. They played, uh, or Oren Farragut, tough, I mean. You know, two of those three. I just think there's depth, and I think there's two legit teams that can be bouncing in and out of the top ten in Whitney Young and North Lawndale. And I, and I think, you know, the, I don't know about the styles, but matters. But I, I think they're clearly the, the best, but it, and a lot can change over the next two months. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's been in the Red South, I think, the last couple years. Right. But uh, vocational and is a little bit down. Harlan, you know, was a pretty good team three or four years ago. You know, they're Bogan not isn't, right now. Bogan isn't as strong as they've been. No. I mean, it, Bogan was a legit, you know, state title contender, even though they didn't get to Peoria. Uh, you know, they were getting to super sectionals and sectional finals and – you know, right on the cusp, uh, and, and they are not quite what they've been over yes. the last several years. So, so right now, I'd say the reason it's the Red West is because they have elite teams and they have depth. There isn't a bad team in it, and the good teams are good, are really good, and that's what it takes um, right. to be the top. Next up, Kevin Swan. Curious looked better than I've ever seen them before. Huge wins against East St. Louis, Belleville Altoff, St. Joe's. This early in the season is special. I think Mike Oliver has always deserved criticism for his handling of his team and the egos of some of his stars in years past. And basically, I'm wondering, how is this happening? Is this just a product of Curie finally winning? Did Mike Oliver and staff change something to go from never winning a sectional to state champions to one of the best starts to a season in recent history? Uh, then some well, stuff about recruitment, but what's your take on that, Joe? Well, I th- I, mean, I wrote a little bit about last week how Curie has has officially taken that next step as one of the elite programs in Illinois with getting over the hump last year, living up to this preseason number one ranking, and not taking anything away from what Curie did last year. What what did help Curie? I mean, and again, I'm I'm not taking anything away from winning a state title. There wasn't a dominating figure a dominating team, an elite, off-the-charts basketball team last year. And Curie, to his credit, took full advantage of that. And now I I, I think that just kind of really pumped some serious mojo into the Curie program uh, and kind of pumped their chest out a little bit more. And Because if you think back, Mike, I think everybody, at least I did, all right, this was Curie's chance when they had Cliff Alexander. And it didn't happen for various reasons and whatever. But, you know, I give a lot of credit for Curie for doing what they need to do to get done last year and and then carrying it over and and playing, I think, despite losing two key players at a higher level this year to start out for sure than they played a year ago right now. Yeah, I think it's a very good question because I know what Kevin's talking about. When you watch this team play – Last year, you know, Curie's playoff run, and you watched him in the big games this year. He's right. The style is different. 
everything about them doesn't seem like the Curie teams in the past, even the really, really good ones, the ones that truly won the city, you know, with Cliff, Alexander, and the Stamps brothers. And I, I was thinking about that a lot uh, a couple days ago, and I, I think it's pretty clear to me now, This it's this senior class. Elijah Joyner, Alante Pickens, and Terry Smith Jr., those three, all three are qualifiers. All three are smart kids. They're good kids. None of the three has, have you heard about missing a practice or showing up late? There's been no drama with them. You know, they've got good parents that I've met. Those three are the type of kids that take you to a state championship like last year. And now that they're the leaders, you know, that the seniors are gone, we're seeing just how far they can go. And I think it's more than just how they're great basketball players. All three of them are spectacular high school basketball players. And I also think that they're really underrated as leaders. I mean, they're as strong as a group as Jalen Brunson and Connor Cashaw and Matt Johnson, you know, that, that type of stuff. And that's what you need to really turn a program around. That core might not be as good basketball-wise as Cliff, Alexander, and the Stamps brothers, but as far as winning, they are right there better than that. And their was. styles, Mike, are so anti-establishment as yeah. far as the public league. They're unselfish, yeah. Terry Smith is a blue-collar, hard-nosed, do-whatever, dirty work it takes. Elijah Joyner is one of the most unselfish. I mean, a lot of public league teams get branded, and even past Curie teams get branded by – you know, chuckers and, and bad shots and crazy turnovers. And I mean, that's not those, those seniors you're talking about. And Elijah Joyner specifically is so unselfish. Uh, so I, that, going with what you said, you're exactly right. And also their style of play is, is, uh, really different than what we've seen from, you know, from Curie teams as well as some other public league teams. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting because I keep waiting to see some chink in the armor. I thought maybe I'd see one last night in the St. Joseph game. And, oh, wow, that sure didn't happen. Uh, St. Joe's a little rough. But uh, Kevin's other question, um, what's going on for the city tournament this year? Is it back at Chicago State? Um, Kevin, I'm still trying to see if Morgan Park Simeon's actually going to be Thursday. <laughs> well, one step at a time here. <laughs> we'll worry about the city tournament. Um, I've heard nothing. I haven't asked, though. I... I don't know if it will won't be you, back won't, but you won't know for like a week before. Won't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're way ahead of that. Uh, <laughs> I'm still wondering about Young North Lawndale this week if it's actually going to be on Wednesday. So yeah, I don't know, but I'll let everybody know as soon as I do. And the final question, Phil Smith. You might you've not seen these, Joe. I'm sorry. He unless you looked at my Twitter, he asked on Twitter. Um, real quick, he wanted to go over HF Farragut and Bogan Morgan Park. Um, I I didn't see HF Farragut. I, from what I heard, HF was in control the whole game, tried to stall the last minute and a half or so, and totally screwed up and coughed it up to Farragut. Most people were considering it a huge HF screw-up, more than a big Farragut win. Um, Bogan Morgan Park, I will talk a little bit about during my take. Um, next up, what does Thornton beating Lincoln Way West say about them moving forward? Do you think they're turning the corner? I don't think it says a whole lot. Lincoln Way West is having a rough year. Um but good to see Verge score thirty. Yeah, I, not a lot. Not to, I don't have a lot to add to that one. <laughs> did, did you guys hear that phone call? Huh? Did, did you hear a phone call come in just a second ago? No. Might have to try and edit. Yeah, that was bad. Um, and Phil's last question: Why is the Dipper a half Northwest Indiana tournament? <laughs> um, the the administration at Rich South not so much into the Dipper anymore and not taking care of it like the old administration did to answer your question. It's sad uh, days at the Dipper. Yeah, it is. You know, they did they did their best scrounging around to find some teams that might be competitive, but it's lost its whole flavor. Um, so, yeah, it's not good. Uh, two takes. You want to start it off, start it off Joe? Yeah, I guess uh, I, it's still early, Mike, but there are some teams I had high hopes for, you had high hopes for, and I wonder right now if it's who they are. Uh, St. Joseph really struggling. I've seen them play. They are not what I anticipated. And another team like that is Proviso East off to a horrific start. Marion Catholic in the East Suburban Catholic, they are under 500. And a team that I put on, you know, I put on a, a pedestal at the beginning of the year and no one else really did, Lions Township. I just went and saw LT play, and and uh, I'm concerned after seeing them play and their loss to Oak Park and by double digits. 
So my question, I guess it's more of a question in my in my take is, is it time to worry, even though it's really early, about these teams? And my que- my answer to that is certainly yes. Uh, I know St. Joe's was ranked Proviso East and Marian Catholic, and LT was ranked in my preseason top 25. And I'm worried about all four of them, and even though it is very, very early. Yeah, that that's the truth. From what I've seen of those teams, the ones I've seen, yeah, St. Joe's especially. Uh, Marion Catholic, I can see them figuring it out. This seems to me a lot like last year. They started rough, you know, and then by the end of the year they were pretty darn good. But it's kind of hard to see a silver lining right now at St. Joe's or, or a turnaround. It's it's going to be interesting to see what Gene Pingator can figure out. Uh, my first take, I wanted to give impressions of two city teams that I saw for the first time that I think are underrated by me, everybody. I bit my tongue a little bit when Joe was talking about Bogan. I look out for Bogan. Um, their results are faulty because they didn't have three starters for that TF North loss. Three guys just became eligible for that Morgan Park game. Rashawn Agee, uh, 6'6", just junkyard dog of a sophomore. He was very Transfer from Hyde Park. Yeah, against Morgan yep. Park. And then there are two seniors that, that play. Um, they're really the only two seniors that play. So they got back their experience with Jaquan Lawrence and Kamari Thornton. Um, and those, those guys both played well against Morgan Park. So I think maybe throw out all the Bogan stuff from before that Morgan Park game and evaluate them a little bit more going forward. They are loaded with young talent. A Jordan Booker, sophomore guard. He's tiny, you know, traditional Bogan guard that you'll see. Put up 18 against Simeon. Did it in a variety of ways. He can get to the basket. He can shoot. He's got just confidence and style. Same with Jeremiah Washington. He was a little wilder. He's the one I'd heard more about headed in. Um, he didn't have a great game against Simeon. He seemed to be pressing a bit. But, I mean, this is a team that was right. They couldn't. It seemed like Morgan Park kept being able, you know, was able to get a three or four point lead. They're about to bust it open, but Bogan wouldn't let them. They kept coming back. They have all the hallmarks of the Bogan teams you've seen in the past with how hard they play, how they crash the boards. I don't think they're going to give. It's unlikely I think they'll play Simeon too well at Simeon this week, but I think by the playoffs, when these young kids are better, Bogan's going to be a real, real problem for a lot of teams, even Morgan Park in that 3A sectional. I wish I could just keep track of the Bogan roster from from yeah. month to month, year to year. And that's it, why these, yeah, that's why this is a surprise because we didn't know what they were going mean, to. Some of their young kids are bona fide, no doubt about it. You know, ones to watch. Um, but it, it, it's interesting to see just the <laughs> the continuous flow of bodies from June to the fall to who's going to be there in December. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and just the way Bogan typically plays, you know, you know what you're going to get from them, uh, Arthur Goodwin's teams, and with as many bodies and depth and numbers that they have to throw at teams, they, they are going to be a scary team by by the time you know the second half of the season. Uh, my take is is about Stevenson. Uh, it, it is probably I don't think we've talked much about Stevenson. They were ranked, yes. No one's really mentioned her. They're seven and zero and blowing out everybody. Uh, they haven't played anybody yet. So my 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 take is I think of all the teams that are right. Where are they ranked at now, Mike? In your rankings? Yeah, they climbed up a little bit. I don't know where they are exactly. I mean, uh, they're probably in the teens somewhere. Yeah. But I, I just think of all of the top ranked teams, the least I know about right now, and it's probably my fault for not going to see them yet. But just by their scores, who they played. It's Stevenson. I want to know how good they are, and I think they're going to be one to watch at that Proviso West Holiday Tournament and how they fare because, I mean, they're crushing people. Um, 73 31, 50 to 30, 71 55, 64 31, 105 25, 81 and obviously Justin Smith is there, but I'm, my take is I'm just interested to see of all the top teams just how good Stevenson is when we get to see him against upper echelon teams. Yeah, Willie Harrington sounds like he's playing very well um, from what I read. Yeah, they're at 19 now. I've been very afraid of bumping them up higher since I haven't seen them yet, and that's 
they really haven't played anyone very good at all except for the Zion Benton. Zion Benton, they'll beat them by 16, yeah. But. yeah. Uh, they play Prospect on Saturday, and I might be mm-hmm. going to that one because I'm very curious as well. Um, that's going to be a nice – you know, Prospect isn't a ranked team or anything, but they're a good team, and they'll be a nice test um, to see where Stevenson is. If they beat that team by 20, you know, they'll be shooting up the rankings for sure. Um, my uh, second team I wanted to talk about that I saw this week was Fremd. And I think it's well known to podcast listeners that I wouldn't say that either me or Joe are huge fremd uh, <laughs> hype hype machines. No, um, uh, yeah. even even when they were twenty six and all the one year. Exactly, and boy, it was not a. It was quite a game when they beat Conan. It this team, none of these kids are stars. Maybe they'll play high school basketball or sorry, college basketball somewhere. Most likely, I mean, they won't play that anywhere that big. But boy, I don't know what it was about watching them pass the ball around for two solid minutes. I started counting passes on each possession because there wasn't much else to do. And, you know, I think the high I got to was like 26 or something. Um, but yeah, I'm going to name all of these are the five starters Kyle Slua. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yes. that right. Sean Patel, Luke Schofstall. Ryan Martin, who is excellent, and Brian Domke. These five kids, they know one another well. They know what they're doing, and they know how to get an open look in high school basketball, and they play just crazy defense. Jimmy Sotos, I mean, he's going to have nightmares about Ryan Martin and this game for a very long time. You know, maybe this was just one of those things, and you see it a lot where a hype team plays their conference rival that is also pretty good, and that team knows them better than anyone else has been hearing all this stuff about their rivals, and it's not a good matchup for the Conant in that situation. Maybe that's all it is. However, I'm starting, I don't know. This Frem team, whatever it is that a high school basketball team needs to be successful, that confidence and just that chemistry, they definitely have it. Don't know if they have the talent and how far that's going to take. We're going to find out an awful lot soon. I think they're going to be playing like a Bennett. Um, they, they've got some games in their schedule that are a little tougher than I think that undefeated team had. But yeah, Fremd, I, I'm not going to say go watch them <laughs> necessarily because it's, there's probably a better option that night. But I just keep an eye on them as a team that might stick in the rankings for longer than we think. Well, I mean, they got seniors, Mike, and uh, what Frem does is they are disciplined, patient, and they are extremely effective defensively, not just this year, but over the years. They they kind of suffocate you defensively and make just things that they, they can muck it up, make you play ugly, not play how you want to play. And that's a credit to Coach Wodlowski and what, what they've done uh, at, at Frem over the years in establishing that. But, yeah, they are, I mean – if you go over the years, I mean, they've been a pretty consistent, not a big-time top 25 top team, but they've been a consistent winner. No doubt about it. All right, that'll wrap up the two takes. Let's get into this conference stuff. Ranking the three – we did five. Five best conferences. Number one we discussed already was the Red West. Just absolutely loaded this season. Kind of a surprise. I don't think – I don't know. I guess North Lawndale is about what most people thought. Maybe a little lower than we thought. Farragut's way better. I was very impressed. Farragut's definitely way better than um, I, I ever thought they'd be. Uh, Young is about what we thought they were. Or is quite a bit better than I expected. I think they're a legitimate 3A state title contender. I think they have the rebounding. Two, 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 oh, sorry, two A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in that DePaul uplift uh, yeah. thing. Um, yeah, they, they can shoot, you know, which is kind of weird for a public league team to shoot quite that well, Brian Hernandez and uh, Alexander Flute, Alex Flute, they, they both have just shot really well this year. I mean, Wanoor is that devastating from three, plus you got Raekwon Drake and Tyron Mosley rebounding. That, that's a really, really dangerous team. How important are conference section championships to the public league teams? Um slightly important they care about it for their city tournament seating but that's not what makes it fun what makes it fun is the bottom right there isn't uh, there isn't a team in the red west that isn't worried about relegation i will say that even north lawndale now sitting at 2-0 i mean you drop a couple games you think north lawndale's worried about being booted out of the red i think every team should be yeah i mean it looks like it will be marshall now they're 0-2 but I mean, we thought I thought it was going to be Farragut. 
most likely because they were so young. But it's so hard to win on the road there. Yeah, I thought it'd be Marshall, and it's probably going to be Marshall. But um, Westinghouse, that now that 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 would be frustrating if I'm Westinghouse because I just lost a double OT game to Farragut. Yeah, and a one point game to North Lawndale. It's, Is that right? Yeah, it's or, brutal. Yeah, I mean that that that's tough. And then you're now you're starting to think, oh, if we could have just gotten one of those. So yeah. But uh, yeah, Red West is the best. I mean, it, 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 we talked about it pretty, and I think we got Red. The Red South is number two. Obviously, Simeon and Morgan Park are both capable of reaching Peoria and 4A and 3A. And you know, vocational is not quite as strong. Bogan's still really good. I just don't think they have like those sen- the type of seniors they've had in the past that put them among the top ten teams. Um, which is where you know they've been over the last several years with yeah. Pipkins and and so forth. But um, Brooks and, is and, one to keep and a, Brooks an eye has on. Been, yeah, yeah. They 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 were beating Simeon in the third quarter, which was kind of a surprise to everybody. They beat Farragut by twenty on Sunday. I hear that their their senior guards are very good. Quentin Shields had twenty four against Farragut. George Harris, Delandre Griffith scored, and they have a freshman I didn't know about named Bryce Hall who scored fourteen against Farragut. Um, Brooks is a good school now, you know, and a place people want to go. So I think they're an up and comer. You know, there's a team that was downstate, you know, not too long ago, had a city title. So we know Brooks kind of has the infrastructure to be a really good basketball program. And the number three, three uh, the Southwest Suburban Blue gets the number three nod. It um, that's a solid because of every team has a winning record right now, Mike. Yeah, and even though Bolingbrook is a clear top 10 team, HF has been very good until, uh, you know, they got beat here on Sunday. But you got Stag, Lincoln Way East, who I've been calling the most approved team in, in the Chicago area, and they've kind of lived up to that. They're 5-2. and two. They've got some talent, Sam Schaefer, a shooter. They, they just got a nice supplement and some seniors too. So this, this – this league is balanced, even though no one's probably going to bump Bolingbroke or HF off those top two spots. Uh, but Stag is solid. So it's just there's not a bad, bad team in that league. Yeah, even Lockport was able to hang with Bolingbroke for a while. You know, they're not a great team, but they're better than they were last year. They improved. They're not a pushover. So that, Sandberg's that off to a 6-2 and two start, and they're, you know, um, one that nobody's talked about in that league. And – Number four, and at number four, we have the West Suburban Silver. I think this is probably kind of a surprise to everybody. Uh, Downers Grove North, 7-0. and Oak Park living up to, uh, I guess, living over their non-preseason ranking, playing over at 7-1. and We always know York's tough. Uh, Joe's talked about Lions a little bit. Proviso West, I've heard good things about. I haven't seen them. They're 5-2. And, and uh, Glenbard West is over 500. Hinsdale Central, the only team in the conference under at 3-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, even with my Lions Township struggling a bit, you know, and uh, when I watched LT on Friday night against Oak Park, I, I just walked away saying, geez, I didn't think Connor Nego would, would have to do as much for that team as it looks like he's going to have to. He had 22 at the end of the third quarter, was playing terrific. I, I think he kind of ran out of gas, but he's just – He's just required to do so much for that team. And Oak Park was, after a sluggish start, was really impressive over the final three quarters as they, they you know, a double-digit win. And Oak Park is one overtime loss from being undefeated at 8-0. They hit, you know, they lost at Fenwick in overtime. Uh, so, yeah, West Suburban Silver is going to be, you know, that Oak Park-Downers-North game is going to be a fun one. Yeah, and Oak Park, I mean, give them a little bit of credit for this schedule. I mean, they beat Crete Moni on Sunday, who wasn't a bad team. Lions, Brother Rice, Fenwick, RB, back when they were at full strength. Uh, that, that's a really solid start to the season. So that 7-1 and one is not a joke. Uh, and then number five, the East Suburban Catholic, which I think to me some of these teams have turned out not to be quite as good as the, in the past years. The East Suburban's been one of the strongest conferences over the last three or four years, but obviously got undefeated Bennett and Marist St. Pat's is six and one Viators two and five, but picked up that big win over, um, I'm blacking out on this now. Uh, 
did uh, Marion Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, who's been very disappointing. They're down at three and four. Uh, this league, I think the bottom of it is a little weaker than it has been in past years. Um, right. Marion Central was a, a fun team the last couple of years. Notre Dame, we didn't mention, is seven and one. They're off to a nice start. They're just it doesn't have quite the star power of the last. And it doesn't of have years. as much as as much depth as I thought. I mean, not as I thought, but as as like you said in the past. I mean, even a Joliet Catholic isn't quite as good as they exactly, they've been. Yeah. You know, and uh, but yeah, Bennett and Maris and Maris is another one of those teams that no one's talked a whole lot about. That is good. They're talented. They they've got a nice collection of offensive weapons in the perimeter of big men inside they just haven't had that marquee game yet to kind of shine the spotlight on their team right now and so i think marist i mean bennett's the team to beat but marist is gonna be right there yeah it's gonna be a good one marist hopefully plays a decent game soon because i've whined about their schedule before um they've got this their holiday tournament coming up with a lot of bad teams in it as well so they will continue to get a lot of wins but we know from what we saw last year that yeah marist is very solid all right most underrated conferences we uh joe and i each picked one i'll start it off here i went with the southland i was pretty i thought creep Monique gave a nice fight to oak park they're four and three they're not going to set the world on fire but Dwayne rose we know as a player bloom is off to a great start five and one Rich South is a program that just doesn't get enough credit. They are the main South slash friend of the South suburbs. They're five and two. Scott Ritter is just one of the best coaches around. He's going to give you fits no matter who you are. Uh, Rich East is all right. I saw them. They could be very good. They can be bad. Rich Central I haven't seen yet. Their star Glenn Abrams is hurt, I believe, so that's going to hurt them. And then Ken Kiki has some really exciting young players. The young big guy, a good young guard I liked. So I just think the Southland, nobody in this league except for Bloom is going to challenge for much. But they're good, solid teams. There isn't an easy win when you play one of these, and they're fun to watch. My underrated conference is one I would have never have dreamt I would go with because the the cream of the crop in the West Suburban gold is Proviso East, and they're sitting 1-6 and six and 0-2 oh in the league. Yet, the West Suburban gold is my underrated conference. Willowbrook, who needs Alonzo Verge? Uh, Willowbrook is 7-0, and 3-0 oh, and oh in the league. Uh, Downers Grove South had that preseason hype and the expectations. You know, they've... You know, they haven't set the world on fire with a couple of losses, but they're still very solid. Hinsdale South, is a, from a personnel standpoint, is better than a lot of people realize. Uh, Morton is just always competitive. Addison Trail off to a nice 5-2 and two start. They did drop their two first uh, league games, but they started 5-0 and oh in non-conference play. So the West Suburban Cold is my underrated league, and there is, you know, down or south of probably uh, – probably be right around that top 25 all year um flirting with that but maybe not anybody else but still a much more competitive league and much better than i anticipated it being and no one's talked about definitely yeah the willowbrick thing did not see that coming at all i'm kind of excited to get out and see them ethan schumer has been playing very well for them I guess we kind of hit the next two things we're going to talk about, the most exciting conference and better and worse. So I think we've wrapped up our conference look. We ready for the week ahead? I think we got some games that are worth talking about here. Um, yeah, there's some good non-conference games too uh, later in the week uh, in the weekend. But um, start you know, off with, of course, publicly. Yeah, Battle of Incense, Simeon Morgan Park. It's at Morgan Park as of now on Thursday around five. I get the feeling Morgan Park's not ready yet for this yeah. game I, yeah. and I could be completely wrong I, I just think offensively they're going to kind of they've got to get some production from and I said this in the very beginning those big men they are so long and big but the productivity is not quite there with Kamel Pearson and Linnell Henry and Melo Burrell and and I believe all three of those guys are starting uh, for Morgan Park. And I don't know how much offense you get when those three guys are all in your lineup. I think Pearson is not starting um, right now. I'm trying to find the dang thing. Um, but he plays a lot. They all play about the same amount. To me, I think that's part of the issue. Um, it's just it's a lot of in and out. You know, and I'm, what Morgan Park has thrived with in the past, what have they thrived doing? The three-guard attack. Yeah, just 
you know, beating people with those great guards. And, and they've got Io DeSumo. Um, I think Cam Irvin's – is he hurt right now? Is he, he, injured? he hurt his hip and didn't play against Bogan. I, I don't think it's serious, but they need him. Um, so I think he'll be a, a key part. Let me – the starters against Bo, Bogan were um, Io DeSumo, of course, Melo Burrell, Aaron Cash, Linnell Henry, and Lamont Johnson. Yeah, I think um, I think Pearson started the last one for Johnson in the last game. And um, Cash didn't. I didn't see much of anything against Morgan Park. He started. He got three rebounds. He didn't take a shot um, in the game. So that's. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I haven't seen it yet from Morgan Park. You know, I, I saw. I've seen them twice. In the first game was when they just destroyed Bowen. And then I saw them against Bogan, and they're good. They're they're a solid team. I think they they're worthy of the top five ranking. I'm not sure that they're better right now, though, than Joliet West or even Bolingbrook. I think in Evanston. I think that's all. I think they're right there with those teams. I'm not sure they're up with the Simeon and um, and Curious. So it's going to be interesting. It's in their gym, but they lost last time. You know, Evan Gilliard stepped up and dominated that. I Big guess, time, yeah. yeah, devil's advocate, apparently Simeon, I mean, <laughs> I talked to Rob Smith after the Brooks game, and he said they played horrible. So we've only seen the one shining moment from Simeon um, where they looked great. So maybe there's some uh, some holes in that you could poke as well. But, yeah, I think right now Simeon goes in as the favorite, even in Morgan Park. I say Simeon by eight. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be. Yeah, I think I think it'll be close. Uh, and Morgan well, Park. eight's pretty close. Yeah, Battle of Vincennes not super close, but uh, Namari Burnett, we should mention, played really well. Um, freshman, quite a shooter, which you don't see a lot from a freshman. Haven't seen him do a whole lot of other things, though. Right now, he's kind of that shooter role. That It's what Charlie Moore did, kind of what Io did a lot as a freshman. And who's the other freshman that played a lot from him? forgetting but yeah it's a typical kind of freshman third guard morgan park role but they with they need that other ball handler besides for io that can really break you down and threaten you and i'm not sure who that is right now you know if it's somebody on the roster so that that's what i'd look for for morgan park going forward next game we wanted to talk about young and north lawndale this one is at north lawndale they play at collins always a, a very interesting game here Young had a nice weekend in D.C., it sounds like. They won two and lost one. And some good teams out there, too. I mean, it was a solid field. It wasn't just some random podunk, you know, event. So, yeah, I, I, I was impressed with the two and one coming out of there. Um, this is going to be a big test for, for – yeah, these are the, your two best teams in the Red West, I think. I mean, Young escaped with a buzzer beater over or – and you're talking about, again, uh, a game that's going to decide a conference down the road. And it, I, I think you're going to learn a lot about uh, – I, I, I'm going to learn a lot about the outcome of this for both these teams because Lawndale – I'm big on North Lawndale, but they did not pass the test of a – the look test against Joliet West and in that loss to Chicago League, League Classic. So – and Whitney Young, obviously, they had a, you know, stumbled out of the gate with that first, first game um, in the Chicago League Classic. So, you know, another loss for one of these, and it's you, know, you don't want to start raising too many questions. But I think you're gonna learn a lot about the outcome, the winner of this one. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely has to be some concern about North Lawndale right now as an upper echelon team. They they squeaked by Westinghouse by one. Who Westinghouse is good, but they're not. You would have thought North Lawndale would have handled that better. And they only beat right. Marshall by eight. Um, I'm pretty sure that was at Marshall, I think, um, which makes it a tougher. But, yeah, they, they haven't been dominating teams like we thought they might. But yeah, Well, they, the other thing, Mike, thought interrupts you, sorry, but yeah. preseason rankings and my whole – I didn't know who was going to be eligible. I'm not trying to make excuses here. <laughs> I wasn't sure who of their transfers was going to be eligible. They're not all playing. Uh, I don't know if they all will ever play uh, among the transfers. The Forrest kid out of um, Foreman, yeah. uh, Foreman, who I, if you watched him this summer, he was a monster and uh, a twenty-point score last year. So I, I, I just, yes, uh, I still think they're very good, but they're f- not f- as fully assembled as I 
anticipated them being. Yeah, maybe Craig Bodion and David Forrest should have just stayed at Foreman. (laughs) They were both lighting it up. Yeah, both over 20 points a game. Yeah, I mean, I saw them when they were freshmen (laughs) at play for Foreman. They were on varsity playing great. And it's just, it hasn't worked out so well at these new spots. Um, I guess the grass is always greener, huh? Um, next up, uh, Prospect Stevenson, which we hit on a little bit. It'll be a nice measuring stick for Stevenson. And I think a chance for a good Prospect team to really put themselves on the map. I'm sure they're looking forward to this one. They were pretty impressive over Thanksgiving. I'm sure they've gotten a little better. So I think this could be a fun game. Yeah, that's a, a, a big measuring stick for, well, as I said earlier, Stevenson playing a team, a credible team with some offensive weapons. Uh, and then Prospect, a chance to really... Uh, put their best foot forward and, and, and kind of grab some headlines and grab some, more importantly, some momentum. Uh, I mean, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be even a win. Just go toe to toe with one of the top teams and top players in the state, in Justin Smith, and and uh, you know make that push in their side of the mid suburban league later on. Next up, we got a rematch already. How about that? HF against Bloom. HF won by five. First week of the season. This is a fun one. Um, HF, where they dropped the Farragut one, was looking pretty tough. Bloom has got a tough road ahead of them. Maybe the toughest road at the Pontiac Holiday Tournament. They open first round against Peoria Manuel, who may be decimated by injuries, but that's not what you want to see in the first round at Pontiac. But this should be a really good game. Well, uh, real quick, does St. Charles North play Oak Park in the first round? Did I, I see that? Yeah. Nine, at the 9 a.m. game? Sounds about right, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, yeah, funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I just uh, this is a classic South suburban clash that uh, I, I think are two. I, I think they are going to be at the end of the day now and down the road in your top twenty-five. I, I think Bloom is. You know, they I think they were twenty-six or twenty-seven in my preseason rankings, uh, but I think they're better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, after losing last year, their name escapes me. Why can't I remember? Uh, took the world by storm, averaged 20 a game. Why can't I think? Come on, Mike. 6'5". Yeah. Jamal Parks. Or, yeah, that's yeah. it. Wow. I, um, I wouldn't have come up with that. That's sad. You know, yeah. last year, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think they are better, and, they're, and their young kids are exciting because they are going to be factors down the road for that Bloom team. They're only going to get better, so... Who are you picking, Bloom or HF? I'm going to go with Bloom since HF won the first one. Where's it at again? At HF. Wait, wait, when's that game? It's Friday night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concentrate. And work. My weekend forecast will be out Thursday. I'm going to wait to make my pick. Right there. Um, some <laughs> other good ones. And a rivalry I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, Downers Grove South at Downers Grove North on Saturday at 445, which is Maybe the oddest start time I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I, you got one team that's probably playing better than the people on the outside thought in Downers North, and maybe the Downers South team that's not playing quite as well as, as some of us thought. Downers North, we've been talking for a team that hasn't won a whole lot up until right now. We've talked a lot about Downers North. Uh, we've talked about this group of seniors when they were sophomores. I remember you talking about that group, Mike. And, yeah. Um, you know, again, they got a little of that friend thing going. They've got some seniors. They've got a lot of length and some size that, that, you know, they're seven or no for a reason. And, and I, I kind of like Downers North on that one. Yeah. I might go to this one. I'm having trouble deciding my Saturday game. That is one of the contenders. The other one is the prospect Stevenson. I'm not sure which one. Another good one is Benedict Conant. Um, Six o'clock on Saturday. Conant needs this. <laughs> yeah, I mean Bennett has put together a schedule. Uh, they did it last year. They're doing it again this year. They got a stretch of games, Bennett. I think they go Conant, Fenwick, Pontiac Holiday. Tournament. It's just a, a a bear of a schedule coming up for them. But uh, yeah, Conant's at it's at home. Uh, I think they're, you know, I mean, they they got a little salty to them right now, I think, because of these losses and these high-profile games. Um, it's going to be a tough one for Bennett, I, but it's hard to pick against Bennett right now uh, with, with the way the two teams are playing. Especially with what you – I mean, Bennett's going to come in and do what Frem did, just with better shooters. 
could be it could be a big problem. And um, and you know defensively, it's 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 it, you know it's going to be a little. Cohen's going to keep that score low. Um, but yeah, I mean Bennett's is just it's just Bennett's Bennett right now. Uh, also Saturday, Fremd at Notre Dame at seven. Both, I mean Notre Dame. They've been a bit salty about wanting to get ranked. They played well against Bennett and lost at home, seven and one, I believe. This would be a huge feather in their cap. Another team that could use a quality win. They're they're big, they're long, and they would think that that length and size would give people problems and fits. Yet the productivity they haven't they haven't produced. And you know whether it be finishing around the basket or defend altering more. Shots defensively and rebound, all of these things that you would expect them to be able to do with the size and length that they have. I mean, they can go really big if they want. Uh, with Jamero Wilson, a 6'6 guard, if they can put him in the backcourt with all the 6'8, six, 6'9 six, kids. Uh, it, you know, I, I just, I, you got to like what Frem's doing right now. They, they are clicking. They, they, they have, I had some people tell me leading into this season how good Frem would be. Obviously, I didn't listen. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can't remember where I ranked them in that top sixty-five. I think they were, I don't know, in the thirties, maybe forty. But um, you know, it, I, I, I like friends, just the kind of the moxie they got with that senior group. Yeah, the other maybe the last one here Saturday. I want to mention it's one of my favorite favorite rivalries. It's Waukegan at North Chicago. Won't be going to this one because it's at North Chicago. I'd probably go if it was at Waukegan, even though there are these other top-notch games. Um, Simeon Henton from North Chicago is a really good player, excellent high school player. North Chicago hung with North Lawndale on Sunday night, ended up losing. Uh, it wasn't a super close final. I'm trying to grab it here. but um, Waukegan's a team. That, that, there's, there, so. there's two teams that I, I – Pumped up big in the preseason. Put them in my rankings. LT and Waukegan. Come on, Waukegan. Don't let me down. Uh, they lost to Libertyville this week by four. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they are a team that I, you know, it's they're young. I mean, they've got yeah. sophomores, but they played as freshmen. And I do think, and I, I remember writing this, they are going to be clearly a better team January and February than they are in November and December. But um, losing to Libertyville did kind of, hmm, you know, I know Libertyville's got Drew Peterson, and uh, you know, I, I just, I was a little, I was shocked by that score. Yeah, they also only beat Lake Forest by three, which is not a good sign. A lot of the good teams have beaten them, you know, by fifteen or so. So yeah, but th- that actually should mean that this might be a pretty close one. This Waukegan North Chicago game should be a lot of fun. Um, anything else on the weekend? Oh, you know what? I wanted to actually hear you talk a lot, a little bit about because I think Tuesday night, the night you guys are listening to this, I'm leaning towards headed to see Wheaton Warrenville South, who's undefeated against Naperville North. Um, what do you think about Wheaton South? Another, you know, a, a system and style of play that they've kind of really gravitated towards this this team. Uh, they they slow you down. They It'll be one of your favorite teams, Mike. Uh, you know, I see them once a year, every year, and I don't mind them so much. They do slow down, but they like they let it fly a lot. They're shooters. But they again, you got some seniors that they're they're relying on. They've snuck up here on Wheaton North and Naperville North uh, as a team. You know, those are the two teams in DuPage Valley, and now Wheaton South uh, is making a run. And you know, speaking of Wheaton South, Mike Healy's done a great job. I know it's down the road, but this tournament he's put together, which I've never been a real big fan of, that midseason Martin Luther King shootout tournaments, but they got a, a legit 16-team tournament where Wheaton South gets out of the DuPage Valley and gets some, you know, some higher-profile quality teams uh, that they'll get a shot at in that January event. Yeah, and I think Naperville North may be the best team that's not in the Super 25 right now. Uh, I think you could make a case that it, we're nearing time when I can overlook that Oswego East loss. You know, they, they have a nice win, a 19-point win over West Aurora. They had a big win this past week in overtime against Wheaton North. So uh, they're definitely a team we, I think we'll be talking about a lot more going forward in this season than we have the last couple weeks, but they're going to need to win Tuesday. Yeah, Naperville North is. I mean, I think they are a top twenty-five team, and I, 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 they do have that a stunning loss at the time to Oswego East, which, by the way, is six and one. Yeah. Oswego East. Uh, you know, you say six and one, they haven't played it a whole lot other than Naperville North, 
and I've seen Oswego East, they are maximizing. I am telling you, they are maximizing <laughs> the talent that Oswego East has because they, to be six and one is a credit to to those kids and that staff. But uh, yeah, Naperville North is they're just solid. They're they're rock solid. They got shooters. They got size. They got versatility. Uh, they're gonna be they'll be back in your top twenty five, and I would guess anticipate. Uh, being the favorite, probably at the York Holiday Tournament uh, and Christmas, they'll be they'll probably stay in that that's, top twenty five. That's never a good thing to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> the favorite yeah, of York. Uh oh. Yeah, that's a wacky tournament. We'll be hitting those the next couple weeks. Uh, that'll wrap us up for now, and we'll know an awful lot more next week after some of these big showdowns. Thanks for listening.